Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? Here on Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling podcast, Sylvie Dew. And I just want to share with you that we are closing in on 300,000 downloads. I am so excited. And I really want to thank you so much for being such avid listeners. Um, You guys just make it so much fun to bring content to you. I just wanted to give you a big thanks. And there's also a quick reminder that I know I've dropped my episodes down from two to one. And as I explained in my last episode, um, it's just life is just getting crazy. And I want to release myself of the stress of having to get two out and just do one, uh, get one episode out a week to you whether it be uh, something from me personally or a guest, but I am thinking I might, I'm just, it'll be a surprise if you happen to get two, but I just don't want to promise that. And um, yeah, I had to share that with you. I also have some other things. Um, I am putting more episodes up on my YouTube channel. So make sure you go over there and subscribe talking about my preparation for Unbound. Um, They're not super frequent right now because um, it's still, we still got time, but holy crap, when I think about it, it's getting closer and closer every day. And um, I'm just looking at my list of things that I need to get and do. And so I'm just going to be sharing a little bit more over there um, because it's video on how I'm getting prepared and, um, my mind process and my travel and everything. And I hope that maybe that helps, um, a couple of you, whether it's for Unbound or other, or traveling to other events or just straight up preparation or getting you ready for, um, next year. So that's, so go over to my YouTube channel and subscribe or follow and uh yeah just catch the videos there so in the next couple months i'm going to be talking about um something that i'm super dedicated to doing right now it is i've joined a charity event so i'm fundraising to participate in this event i did it last year it's the quest the um ride to conquer cancer episode 202 talking with Steve Merker on the charity event 
for Princess Margaret Research Center in Toronto. So that's a ride to conquer cancer. And then I did a I did a event recap on my experience, which was just like super phenomenal. Um, you have to search Ride to Conquer Cancer, but um, I did a race report um, or event report. And for me, that event just inspired me so much um, for everything that they do. They raised over $16 million for cancer research. Now, the Princess Margaret is one of the leading one of the top five leading research centers in the world. They research all cancers. So the nice thing about being able to donate to this particular cause is that you can actually choose which cancer research you want your money to go to. So if it's prostate, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, lung cancer, you can... Um, choose to have your money go in to one of those that you are more passionate about. Now this year in particular is important and passionate to me because I am not only um, is this I'm riding for cancer, but I'm riding for and um, participating again this year for my mom. She is a breast cancer survivor, and she is also now battling heart disease. I guess you can't say it anywhere. She is waiting for a quadruple bypass. It's unbelievable. I can't even tell you. Uh, I don't believe it still. Um, and also my 20-year-old daughter who has a brain tumor in the back of her head. And so it just makes it even more important for me to be participating and fundraising for these events, for this event. Now, what I'm going to be doing is I'm riding for cancer and I am going to be riding for cancer in two events. And this is where I'm asking for charitable donations for you guys. Uh, the link is in the bio. I am riding first, I'm going to Unbound Excel, and I'm riding for all my friends and family who have battled cancer and are still battling breast cancer or other types of cancer. Now, this event, Unbound Excel, is 350 miles, so 562 kilometers of gravel. And I've chosen to use this as a way to generate and ride for cancer as well. The following weekend, I will be participating in the Ride to Conquer Cancer. So I am asking for generosity. Um, I have two special uh, gifts. First, if you donate $100, I will give you access to for six months to my on-demand online workout platform where you can get uh, yoga for cyclists, 
You can get 30-minute total body workouts with minimal equipment, plus really short, fast, 9 to 15-minute targeted body workouts. It's amazing. I use it all the time. And number two, if you donate $200 and more, I will grant you access to that fitness platform. Plus, I will send you a personally autographed book, my book on Amazon, which is a bestseller. It's a collaborative with um, other single parents. It's called Soul Parent, and I will send you an autographed uh, book. So as soon as your donations come in, I see them, I can grab your email and ask for your address and I will send you a personally autographed book. So that's for $200 and over. So please give generously. Um, It's really close to my heart. Join me in the ride to conquer cancer by donating today. No donation is too small, but as a reminder, if you're looking to gain a tax credit, the minimum is 25. So with that, have an amazing day, be amazing, and let's kick cancer together. And I hope you enjoy this episode coming up with the guys from Gravel Worlds. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dawson here in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And I got two amazing guys sitting in Lincoln, Nebraska, I've always loved Nebraska. I don't know what it is. I went to, I traveled through Omaha and, um, and I know people from Omaha and I'm just like Nebraska. So anyways, so that's my little nostalgia piece for the United States there. I'm like, um, but what we have today is super exciting. Like I am so grateful for referrals from some of my guests that I am able to connect with more amazing event organizers across the United States for events. Cause last year I did a little grout, like a race event series. And this year I said, ah, in the new year, I'll do another one. And like, I've just met so many amazing people like yourselves who have multiple events. So I just want to sh- uh, welcome Corey Godfrey and Jason Strobing to the podcast. And we're going to talk about Gravel Worlds. Welcome, guys. Well, thanks for Thank having us. So much. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so I much love for th- letting us be on. I love that I have both of you. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, so my first question before we get into everything is like, let's start with Corey. How did you get into cycling and how did you create like I know what I read on on your your website, but I love to hear it straight from you. How did you create your grassroots gravel event? How did you get into cycling, and then how did it evolve into in this amazing event? Um, well, I've been cycling since I was a kid, like most people, but um, I really started cycling again as an adult, just to kind of keep in shape. And in college, you get from you know point A to point B. Um, not having a car in college, it was a quicker way to get across campus versus walking. And then just riding my bike across campus, I rediscovered my love for cycling again. You know, the same reasons why I liked it when I was a kid, uh, freedom and the ability to explore and do pretty cool adventures. So that just transitioned into, for me, um, obviously into bigger events as an adult. Um, did a, a mountain bike race in college and then uh, definitely got hooked into competitive cycling events again. And to start doing that after I graduated, 
Um, didn't really have a lot of money when I was in college, so couldn't really buy a super nice bike. Mm-hmm. But after, you know, getting a, a real job, a quote unquote real job, I uh, was able to afford <laughs> a little nicer stuff and equipment and just really discovered the cycling culture too. Mm-hmm. And just the, you know, the community around cycling was also something I, I really enjoyed. Um, and then with gravel, you know, um, really wanted to help create something uh, in the community um, that can really bond different people from different groups of cycling into gravel. You know, gravel is kind of like the melting pot of all these different disciplines, you know, mountain road, cyclocross, yeah. you know, yep. BMX, any weekend warrior, adventure, tours, randonneurs, whatever. You know, gravel just seemed like the perfect blend of of all those different mediums just to get them together and, and ride together when they wouldn't normally ride together. So um, I think it was probably for me, I started riding gravel shortly after arriving in Nebraska from Ohio and uh, in, living in Lincoln, perfect community for gravel. You could probably be majority of any spot in Lincoln within 15 minutes out on a gravel road in the country. So right. from my house, it's like five minutes, you know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty close. So you can go any direction you want and you're going to go on some gravel roads. So Lincoln was a perfect community for, you know, creating an event. And uh, the first event we did was in 2008, I believe. Um, And we called the Good Life Gravel Venture. Pretty small. We opened it up to the the internet and, you know. (laughs) It's amazing when things happen, right? You're like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Enter. Yeah, like I think five, we had five states show up, like 25 people. Like, hey, people showed up, like, who are you? You know, like, how'd you find out about this? Oh, yeah, we saw it on the blog, you know. And then the next year it was 50 people that doubled. And then the next year we changed it to Gravel Worlds and it was 100 people. And it seemed like every year it just kept growing, you know, word of mouth mm-hmm. and the sense of community just kept building. And uh, it's, it's been a really cool thing to see, see happen. And last year we had over 2,600 people at the event. Wow. Yeah. So it's growing, growing in size. That's, I love, I love hearing about growth because it gives like small event organizers like myself, the, you know, I just like, there is hope, you know, to grow your event. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I like seeing that also it, it avoid, it avoids overgrowth too quickly when you, you can't control like, yeah. So Jason, how did you get into uh, cycling? And, and, and I guess you would lead into how you met Corey. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I got involved uh, with cycling similar to like Corey. I rode as a kid and then uh, kind of refound that love in college. I had a friend, I think either my junior or senior year that had an extra bike. And, you know, I think the first ride we went on was like 15 miles and I thought I was going to die. Um, and then, but it was quickly like fell in love with, with, with cycling again and just getting out on like our limestone trails. It's kind of where my first gravel ish, like older gravel ish experiences, but then um, it's pretty easy around here. Like Corey said, you kind of look in any direction and you find gravel once you get out of town. So it was, it was pretty natural there. I did do, um, after college, I did the typical, uh, I, what seems to be around here, at least uh journey through cycling and racing. So 
I was I was a roadie. Don't hold it against me, right? No, but, that's okay. Um, I'm a roadie too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, so I uh, started out as a roadie and then did some mountain bike races too. And um, it was that community aspect that just I, I personally didn't find in those genres of cycling. And uh, my first gravel event, I had bought a fat bike um, and kind of kept hearing more and more about this gravel thing. And so my first gravel event was on a fat bike doing like 75 miles. Uh, it was an event out in central Nebraska called Odin's revenge. That doesn't, doesn't exist anymore, but it's a classic Nebraska, like piece of history. Uh, very, very beautiful out there. So, but from that first gravel event meeting, what we call the gravel family, um, it's like, I was hooked on gravel. So, um, you know, came back, I did other rate, I did gravel worlds without being involved, like didn't really know Corey at the oh, time. Okay. So I did gravel worlds, did unbound, did mid South, did all the big, you know, the big ones. And then, um, kind of just being around more, what got more involved and became friends with Corey. And I don't really know how I got involved really, but it was <laughs> early, like mid 2019, somewhere around there. Um, and it was, it was just one of those where, you know, Corey was at a place where he needed help and I was at the right place at the right time, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to offer that support and, uh, haven't looked back since. And yeah, we do a lot of events together. Now we call each other probably average two, three times a day just to talk about <laughs> gravel stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. Um, and now yeah, gravel world, since I came along, you know, gravel worlds has gotten bigger. We've also added, a winter event that's happening next weekend. I don't yeah. know when this podcast comes out, but so we got a winter <laughs> event. We announced a gravel gravel camp that we're going to do this year, like a very affordable gravel camp, which was really important to us to put on. Uh, we do a fall event. That's a hundred percent fundraiser event. It's always been, Corey has always led with a philanthropic spirit. And so we've, we've followed that and um, in honor of an old promoter of ours who was killed by a drunk driver in 2017, uh -huh. we created an event called Randy's Ride, and it's just a 100% fundraiser event. Um, we know that not everybody can afford to come to Gravel Worlds or afford, you know, bigger mm -hmm. events. Uh, so we created that event where it's $2 entry free that is a donation, and then you can donate on top of that. Right. Um, and then we, we match mm. up to, I think $2,000 for that event too, in the donation. So yeah, just we're adding more and more. We got the gravel family podcast too. That's doing really well. It's just been a blast. And, um, Corey mentioned earlier, I'm, I am our, our first full-time employee, which is really exciting, um, to get to do. And hopefully sooner than later, we'll get Corey full-time mm. as well, but it's, yeah, it's been life-changing for me and, I, I can't appreciate Corey enough for just letting me come along <laughs> this gravel journey that he started 15 years ago now. Well, I think uh, with any gravel organizer, as I'm seeing, as I'm experiencing myself with the desire to grow. So I, I started a women's gravel event last year and I just had 25 people and I'm, I, my vision is to grow it like the girls gone gravel, like a big gravel festival. So that's my outlying vision for it um, here in the, the region. So uh, of Wakefield, uh, Quebec. And uh, so it's like, I'm seeing a lot of these good team. Like I looked at your website, I'm like, God, they have the team. I'm like, I need the team to to do this and so how do you 
like Corey, when you saw Jason or you met him or like whether you'd seen him at your events and you're maybe you heard of him and you approached him, like, how did you know that he was a good fit for your event? Like, we're going to talk about backgrounds of gravel organizing, like, because or organizing cycling events, period, because I'm I'm certain it's all the same. Um, yeah, say nice things about me, Corey. Yeah, <laughs> he is your only full time employee. <laughs> well, well, Jason has a very uh, unique passion for pretty much everything he does. So I knew that would be an awesome fit for for gravel and gravel promoting because you have to be passionate about it. You have to love what you do. Mm -hmm. he, he definitely does that. That shows in everything he does. Um, we have had a lot of people over the years who have helped out and have transitioned away or moved on to other things. So it, it's always been um, itself a community event, you know, not just not just me or my other colleague, Craig Schmidt. You know, now mm -hmm. we have Jason, uh, we have Sophia Gibson, we have uh, an, another new uh, team member, Jamie Granquist, who uh, leads our volunteers. And, and it's always been just like a, a huge uh, a collection of people who help put this thing on. I mean, it, it's kind of cliche. It takes a village to do something like this. Oh, yeah. and it, really, it really does. I mean, it, really it takes does. a huge community of people to, to pull something off. So you've always had help. Um, and then Jason's really good at, you know, inspiring people and bringing people together. So, I mean, that was an obvious, you know, fit right there. And he does a lot of things that I, I'm not a big fan of. Like, I'm not a big fan of social media. So he takes that burden <laughs> off me. Um, I really appreciate that. I, you know, I'm more of that kind of like the like small detail kind of stuff. That's kind of what I'm good at. So behind the scenes, behind yeah, the scenes. Uh, yeah. We complement each other really well. The whole team does uh, pitches in. So it, it's been great. It's been a great fit. So, you know, you're yeah, about you know, 20, 25 people, you know, that's all you need. You got to spark every year. You mm -hmm. just got to keep feeding that spark and yeah. Um, yeah. it'll grow, you know, and if you ever need any help, don't, you know, just Oh, don't out. worry. I, I, I am going to ask. Yeah. Because <laughs> I see, yeah. like, like I said, I've been talking to a lot of people, and I'm glad that we ha that you both are here. Um, like, I'm not gonna, you know, we're not we're not gonna get into business on the podcast. However, I, <laughs> outside of that, I am going. I have tons of questions because I just I see a lot of, um, like, my first real gravel event was Barry Roubaix. Like, I interviewed Matt. And, uh, and then I'm like, frick, this is super cool. I'm just going to go down. It's like, <laughs> you know, a 10 hour drive for me, but I'm like anything under 14, I'll drive to <laughs> it's mm -hmm. just like, I just, I'm just crazy like that. Cause I'll just go anywhere. Not well, not anywhere, but most where, um, where it makes sense. And, uh, just to, uh, meet up people, meet people and, and have a great experience. But, um, so you guys have five events. Is that over the summer? Like I just took a quick peek at your your event registration. Now you have the 150 mile, then you have the 75 mile uh, privateer, then you have a 50 kilometer. How can we don't do it in miles? I was like, I thought that was kind of interesting. Is there a reason for that? Is it? It's, a, it's, it's an easier round number. It sounds, it, 50K <laughs> it looks, sounds better than sounds like miles. more, but if it was like like thirty miles, people would be like, eh, maybe not. Right? No? Yeah, we, we got know. a little flat. <laughs> our winter event, our winter event next weekend, we did an all 
kilometers. So it's a hundred K 50 K or a 10 K run. So yeah, the, we got a little yeah. flack like, Oh, what's up with this? Uh, not miles thing you guys are doing. So, <laughs> no, it's just a it, hundred K looks better than 63.4 miles. Like it just looks better. So <laughs> I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And then you got the 300 mile, 300, yeah. 300 mile. You don't want to scare yep. anybody so those, off making those... that like 450 or something or like, right. Yeah. That <laughs> might scare yeah, the, yeah, those metric events would be are bad. all yeah. <laughs> all those events are on the same weekend though. So the yeah, so the, that's, that's our main yeah, the, that's our main gravel worlds weekend. So it's it's a very busy weekend. We had that's you know that's where the twenty six hundred participants came from. Uh, yeah. We're we're also starting to get in, into a lot more of gravel running. We kind of think gravel running oh. is kind of the future of running, like gravel cycling was ten years ago. Uh, there's a lot of the same symptoms or signs that gravel running is, has a big like future. Instead of ultra, um, it's more yep, so off-road it's kind of a, it, running. Yeah, it's like perfect middle ground, just like yeah. gravel was with cycling. It's uh, Trail running is kind of like mountain biking, right? And mm -hmm. road running, like the Boston Marathon, is very similar to road cycling. And gravel running is the that perfect middle ground where you still get out in nature, like trail running, but it's not as intimidating like trail running and, you know, super ultra stuff is, is very scary for people just getting into it. So that gravel is, is that perfect middle ground. So yeah, we do with, with our August event, we have next year, we actually have three running distances that'll be held on Friday. And then the, the four cycling distances as well. So 150 is our main event, 75 a mile, 50 yeah. K and then our 300 mile long voyage. So it is a very, very busy weekend, um, here at gravel worlds that, that weekend. Yeah. So, and on top of that, we got group rides and concerts and, uh, a big expo and everything. So it's, it's a full on weekend of activities here in Lincoln. <gasps> Um, and then I next year, hearing. one of the countries, like, it's the experience. Yeah, one of the country's largest air shows is the same weekend as us next week and or next year. So we'll have like the blue angels, uh, stunt team, like flying right over the start of the start line and stuff. It's going to be a wild weekend next year. It's going to be really cool. So Lincoln's going to be a hop in place the weekend of August 25th and 26th. That's for sure. You're talking like this year, like this summer, Yep, yep this, this summer. summer. So and registration's still open, so go ahead and get signed up, gravel-worlds.com. Yeah, I know. So Jason's the <laughs> social media guy, can you tell? <laughs> mm -hmm. So tell me tell me more about like how you like decided to change it up and to create the different um, events and like the date, because August is not, is it just because it gives you more time in the year? I'm like... Well, originally, uh, it's kind of selfish. I, I scheduled the... No, it isn't. It's my, it's my birthday. So that's why... Oh, I always, is it really? I wanted to do it like a birthday celebration. And, you know, I wanted to give back to the community. And mm -hmm. I felt like that was the perfect time to do it. Um, obviously, it can be pretty hot in Nebraska in August. But yeah. we also have uh, something called Husker football uh, that starts yeah. in September which, you know, the Cornhuskers bring a lot of people to Lincoln. You know, I think the population of Lincoln probably increases by 25 to 35% on a Husker game day. So it, it just brings in a lot of people. So we wanted to try to avoid Husker football. And to do that, right. we have to get, get it in before September, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, and then to avoid other events, 
um, that's primarily why we stuck with with the August date. So um, we've had really good weather the past couple of years, believe it or not. So it, it has been good for you. <laughs> Oh my God. So, well, I do find that uh, at the end of the season's kind of a nice uh, time to go to a bigger event like that. Uh, I like, like, even like, because it's so close to September, I get into some gravel stuff in September and, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit cooler. It's just, you know, more ideal. I mean, up here, I'm not sure what September is like in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I suspect it's probably still warm, but yeah. So tell me yeah, a little usually bit. usually stays decently warm until late September, probably like early October is when it really starts feeling like fall. So it's usually the those first four or five weeks of of college football is still really hot, and then it starts cooling off. So it's uh, our our town really does revolve around college football for sure in the fall. It, we can't <laughs> we can't avoid it. So <laughs> is is it in Lincoln? That's the college. Right. Yep. So the university, the, the mm -hmm. university of Nebraska is based here in Lincoln. So, um, okay. I mean, just the stadium itself is, uh, 97,000 people, I think something like wow. that. And then, yeah. I mean, the entire downtown area is just packed with humans. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> pretty crazy. So, um, it's a, they call it a sea of red for a reason. So we're the, the a red, everybody's wearing red shirts and everything. So it's kind of cool to see, but we, we prefer our, our gravel family a little bit more. So, <laughs> yeah, I would guess. So tell me a bit more about the gravel family. If you want to talk about the podcast, Jason, or sorry, Corey, is there, I know that uh, I was just looking at the time and I just want to be um, respectful. Cause I know that you're super busy cause you just got back from holidays and we all know what it's like back at the office after holidays. <laughs> I am really grateful to have you here. <laughs> No, I appreciate you inviting me. So are there any other questions you want to ask me before I drop off? Um, I don't think so. I just want maybe some ending uh, comments about the event. Um, I know that I, uh, we have all your links for socials up there. You're everywhere. And um, yeah, if you could share like maybe, maybe a, a special um, year that was significant to you in the growth of uh, the event? I think last year was a pretty significant and special year. Um, we, for Jason's idea and a lot of his hard work, um, we accomplished something pretty significant. Uh, it was a thousand women at gravel. <gasps> oh, wow. So that was achieved last year. We actually got uh, between participants, volunteers, you know, everyone there, uh, a thousand women participating in gravel worlds. So it was a really huge accomplishment because, you know, our first year of gravel worlds in 2010, I think our participation rate was like less than 10%, right around 10% women. Yeah. So getting more diverse people, more women, um, that's always been a, a really big mission of our event. And, you know, the whole idea behind the gravel community is it's very inclusive. You know, we just want to bring everybody in, have a good time, mm -hmm. So that was a huge deal for us. And we were always focusing on, you know, making the event much more inclusive. So yeah. um, that's something I thought was very, very special and unique that we did. That, so, so what did you do to get all these women at your event? Because it's the, it's for everybody. Everybody's looking to engage more ladies um, at these events. And I am like one of those like 
trying to get them to events, you know, <laughs> like I'll pack my car yeah. and drive them all there if I have to. Um, but uh, what was the secret? Well, Jason has a recipe for the secret. So oh, Jason, yeah? let's keep that up. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, the, the biggest, I, the whole idea came from a conversation with a couple of sponsors. We had, when we were talking with sponsors kind of end of the year recap that you do when you have sponsors for an event. And there were a couple, and, and in those conversations, they always talk about your demographics, like how, how mm. many women, what was the age breakdown, all that. And uh, in 2021, uh, I think we had, it was like 28% women, something like that. It was like 28%. And personally, I, I thought that was really bad. Like I was really embarrassed that we had to put that in our media kit kind of thing. And when we reached out to these sponsors, like we had multiple in a row that was like, wow, that's almost triple the average of women participation. Oh. And it was just like, I was like, well, this is embarrassing for a whole nother reason. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like, we shouldn't be like the gold standard at 28%. So I was like, all right, well, let's just do something crazy. I'm, I'm a pretty big goal setting guy. And I like the goals to be scary and mm. a chance that you're going to fail. So I was like, let's just triple the number of women we've ever had. So 2021, we had about 340 women. So I was like, let's just do a thousand women, see if we can do it. We'll throw the idea out there. Um, and then we committed that we would, we would donate um, $5 per woman to our Nebraska grit program, which is girls riding together. So like, oh. not only were we doing this, we're raising money for the next generation of girls mm -hmm. on biking. Um, we had an anonymous female donor that right away came alongside us. So it was $10 per woman. Um, so up to $10,000 we were going to be raising for this. So that was a huge factor. Like giving money away is like, we, I, I guess you could say we're spending money on advertising, but it, we're giving money away. We don't, mm -hmm. we didn't spend any money on advertising other than that donation. Um, but ultimately that it was succeeded because it, it was successful because of the women that were coming and encouraging mm -hmm. other women to come. It was, it was very, very cool to see. Um, we did do a little bit of a guerrilla marketing uh, campaigns a couple times, which were a lot of work on my end, but totally worth it. Um, but all it did was allowed individual women to share that they were a part of this 1,000 women. And just that alone encouraged their friends and friends of their friends that, mm -hmm. oh, it's like, oh, well, Cindy can do it. So that means I can do it too. Um, even if it's just for the 50 K, the short, the shorter bike race. So, yeah. uh, th ultimately that's how it was accomplished was individual women and individuals sharing to get more women to come. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was fun to be a part of, but you know, ultimately the gravel family, uh, succeeded on that for sure. We just were lucky enough to be at the right place at the right time to be a part of it. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great number. I know a lot of uh, event organizers would love to see those kind of numbers for women uh, at the events. So congratulations to you guys. I guess, so what's yeah, the goal this year? I, I mean, keeping bring that a percentage friend? up. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, everybody bring, bring a friend. friend so yeah, definitely. I think, I think this next year for events in general is just going to be weird. Um, we're just seeing a lot more reports of people are doing less events this year because of the economy and inflation and all that oh. stuff. So we'll just, we're just going to keep doing what we're going to keep doing. And hopefully the gravel family shows up um, and we're, we're going to keep going. Um, if we do sell out, we're kind of 
putting registration about the same number, 2,500 people. Uh, if we do reach that number and we haven't reached the thousand women yet, we'll, we're going to keep registration open for women's registration until we reach a thousand. So we'll see if we get to that same number as last year, but it's, well, I guess we'll see. So keep moving forward. Yeah. Yes, please do. So Corey, I know you got us, uh, you got to sign off. I want to thank you so much. Um, and uh, before you guys go, I'm just going to take a quick photo. That's right, everybody. If you're listening, we're going to take a photo for our <laughs> socials. Are right, you guys ready? It's off my cam, my my laptop, so it doesn't look kind of funny. But I want to thank you, Corey, <laughs> for uh, for being part and and taking on uh, and. Uh, you know, just uh, booking yourself in for the podcast. I super appreciate you. And uh, we'll continue talking with Jason and uh, see what he's uh, up to. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Sylvie. And like I said, if you need anything at all, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, part of um, growing gravel is also helping out other events yeah. and other communities grow. And that's something we've been really passionate about too, as a team, you know, going to other events, volunteering, you know, answering questions, uh, helping out with, you know, anything that someone may have in order to help grow a community. So please reach out. We're always happy to help out. So Thank thanks you again so for on and, and talk about stuff. So hopefully <laughs> I'll see you this, uh, this next year sometime. Oh, maybe you never know where I might be, but actually that, well, thanks for the invite. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll just see care. how far it takes, it takes me to drive there. <laughs> it's a drive. I know. Maybe a, maybe a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care. Hey, bye. All right, um, Jason, just you and me. So we got Jason here. Jason, um, we're going to shift gears and talk about podcasting since you've got your own podcast. I was like, oh, man, that's cool. Gravel family uh, podcast. And um so how did you get into that? Cause, uh, I see you've been doing it for a little bit and you've got, uh, a lot of episodes. Yeah, we're, we're up to, uh, we're almost up to our full year, uh, of podcasting. We started last Ma March, I believe. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, getting really close to our first full year. Um, that this was a, a huge passion project for Sophia Gibson. Uh, she was, she was kind of the brainchild behind it. She had been wanting to do it for years, uh, so Sophia was, has been to every single gravel worlds since she was, she was literally 12 years old. So her, her dad <laughs> participated in the very first gravel worlds and she was yeah, there like cheering been, on her dad. So what, like 13 years, right? Something yeah, like this that. is your, this is your 14, uh, the 14th year. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, she's been to every single one and it was just kind of like destiny for her to be a part of the team uh yeah. so yeah she she's since she was a little girl has been around gravel cyclists so it was a big passion for her um to start doing a podcast and wanted me to come along and do it and uh so yeah she's she's the brainchild behind starting it I'm just lucky to be a co-host and um, <laughs> it's just been a blast getting to talk to you know, local legends, as well as pros from around the, the world now, um, mm -hmm. to be on the podcast. It's been really, really cool. So 
Um, we were really fortunate. I think we were in the top 10% of all podcasts on Spotify last year, which is insane to think about. Um, That's crazy. So, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been been really fun to to do Gravel Family podcast for sure. So I see that you take on a lot. So you have how many episodes in one year? You had a lot. Uh, so we re so we're do it's about weekly. So the I think the number podcast we wrote today was like two twenty one, but we restarted the season. We're our seasons were are running off of Gravel World. So season one was like started with one hundreds, and then we restarted in. Uh, right in September after Gravel Worlds with the 200 series season two. Right. So then we'll start with season three after Gravel Worlds. Kind of everything in our world revolves around Gravel Worlds in August. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense that we restart every August with a new season. So uh, I think we're up to 40 something, 38, nine, something like that podcasts already. Um, and we try to do a, a weekly podcast every single week with a different guest. So yeah, it's been really fun. We've, we also do, um, have been really fortunate and we have a blast doing it, doing live podcasting recording at events. So we were at mid South, oh. uh, excuse me, we were at unbound last year, um, recording a bunch of athletes. And then we also were down at big sugar recording athletes. And then we will be at mid South here in March in like three or four weeks. So, um, those are really fun. Cause we knock out like four or five podcasts in five hours. It's a ton of work. It like, we're so mentally exhausted by the time we're done with that. But then we yeah. have two months worth of podcasts just knocked out, um, back yeah. to back to back. So, and it, and it's really fun. We get people to come up to the booth and they get to see, you know, their favorite athlete when they come and watch and listen and stuff. So that's, that's been really fun to do those live ones. Um, so we'll be at mid South this year, unbound uh, down in Emporia and then one other one in the fall. We're not quite sure which one we're, we're going to yet, but I'm going to see you at unbound. All right. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm participating. Speaking of driving, that was like two times as far as I would ever drive, but, <laughs> but yeah, I did, while you were chatting, I did look it up. It's 21 hours to Lincoln, just so you know. So yeah, it's so got to be 20, about the same distance to Emporia. It's 24. It's about 24 from where I am. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, well, it was, it was funny, Jason, because it was on my bucket list as of last year when I got, so I got started gravel riding and racing last year. And I did like quite a few. Um, I did Reggie, then I did our series here. And then I did, um, sorry, I did Barry Bay, I did Reggie Ramble. And then Reggie's uh, awesome. Uh, that that the Reggie was at Gravel Worlds last year. And he actually had a lot of questions about promotion and stuff too. So I've, I've been on the phone with Reggie and just talked promotion stuff with him. He's really, really rad guy. And it sounds like his event is pretty special too just being in a really small town and then bringing in four or 500 people. I forget what yeah. how many he said, but yeah, it was like 500. It sounds like a really cool event. And the way he set it up was cool because it was loops, right? So you did one 70 K loop, then you went out and did another different loop. So they're all different. So it's just like, Oh my God, you didn't have to repeat what you just did, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was I, I was telling him it was like it would be so hard to like because yeah you do a loop and then you go back out again and I was like man if you were hurting and you're back yeah. at home and your kids go sit in your car it's like it'd be really easy 
to just I'd be like, ah, I'm not gonna go do the second loop where it's like unbound or gravel worlds. It's like you're out there. You're, you're out there. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're you're so out like, there. Good you're luck. done. <laughs> yeah. So I So signed, which distance are you doing at Unbound? Well, I um I was all excited about doing the hundred mile, but when so I'm a I'm a newbie, right? To this. And so when I saw the lottery come out in November, I just signed up. I'm like, oh my God, I'm <laughs> so but it was for the XL. <laughs> oh shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so are you doing the 350? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do the 350. Let's go. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm um so so yeah, so I've been interviewing people myself on my podcast about unbound XL. And I started listening to podcasts from people who have, who've done it. I'm, I'm not like I used to adventure race multi-day adventure adventures, like anywhere from four, you know, four hours to 36 hours to five days to my longest was eight days. So being well, out we there, we should have kept Corey on the podcast just for that because he's he's done the XL three times, finished twice, and he has more starts oh. and finishes than anyone else at Unbound in the 200. So he and he's done like Tour Divide, and the vacation he was on was like a four day bikepacking trip. So he's oh, fuck, he is really? a yeah, he he won Unbound in 2010. Uh, no so way, he's, yeah, he's. Yeah. He's a, he's very, very humble. He's in the gravel cycling hall of fame. Like he's, I, he, he's so bad at bragging about himself, but that's, that's who you need to talk to. If you want to know about how to do the XL or those long events, he's, he's the guy to go to. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have to uh, hit him up again, but he's just like, I'm so slammed with work. I'm like, really, <laughs> I only have half an hour, but you know, maybe if I had, you'd probably be like, Oh, well, um, maybe another 20 minutes. <laughs> Give me a he, more he, he said he always like he's like I feel like I talk about like some form of ultra distance thing I've done almost every day and he's like I always feel like I'm bragging I'm like you're not bragging you did that like you did those <laughs> things like you actually did it so yeah he's uh as far as I know he's has more starts and finishes than anyone at Unbound uh so he's he's been going since 2007 or in or some 2006 wow. maybe um so yeah, I think the only two unbounds he hasn't participated in was the first year because he broke his collarbone, I think, and then last year when he had COVID. So oh, he's yeah, he's he's done them all pretty much. So he's yeah, he's he's a definitely a legend in in gravel cycling when it comes to events. So yeah. <laughs> Whoa, well, I just have to reach out and get him back on the podcast. So, but talk to me about um, like so. Your full-time gig is with Gravel Worlds, and then you have the podcast on the side, which I'm sure you're talking about Gravel Worlds, like using it as a promo thing yep. to get the word out. And um, so what else do you do? With, what else are, are you doing? Because I know everybody has like a bunch uh, of like I mean, side gig things. Yeah, I mean, the gravel gravel worlds and all that is associated with that keeps me incredibly busy so the that decision for me going full-time was basically Corey and i after 2021 we looked at each other and was like one of us has to go full-time like we're we were both working full-time jobs and then the weeks of gravel worlds like we're both working 40 plus hours a week that week and we're just like we're 
we're going insane. We can't, we either have to build this thing up to where we can go full time or we have to scale it back because it's yeah. one or the other. Mm-hmm. If we stay in the middle, it's not healthy. So yeah. um, I was at a place where um, I was able to quit my job and I mm-hmm. actually worked four months without pay to kind of this risk uh, to see if we could build this up. And it luckily paid off. We're very, very fortunate. Um, but through that, we, we've just added more events too. So we, like I said, we have that winter event, um, that keeps me busy during the winter. Um, that's coming up here next weekend. We have the gravel camp that we're doing, uh, that the fall event and then the podcast, those are all kind of under the same umbrella that I, I help with, but, um, and then Corey kind of mentioned it. We also help at a lot of other events. So, Um, not only are we going down to mid South, uh, for the podcast, but we're also going down to help Bobby Wintel out with his event, you know, help volunteer where we can. Um, there's several events throughout the year, um, four that I can think of that we were pretty involved on the, on a volunteer basis too. So very, very busy on that front. Um, for sure. And then I do sit on the, uh, the board for the hall of fame, the gravel cycling hall of fame. So I'm on the board for that. And then I'm also on the board for our Nebraska NICA, uh, which is the, like our kids cycling organization. So yeah, I'm, I say very busy. I'm very fortunate that I get to talk about bikes all day. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty lucky. I love the fact that you have a tent and have people come in and you talk live. Talk to me about that because I have not thought about that because I usually I'm going there as a participant, right? And I, I don't know if I could ever do both. I like maybe yeah. one or two episodes, but like, I think I'd be exhausted. But how, how did you decide to do that? Or, and is that something a lot of people do? I don't know of anybody else that does that. Like um, feisty. But yeah, I mean, Feisty, um, feisty media does. Yeah. They, they kind of do more on the spot interviews, pure gravel does like interviews, but it's not really a podcast setting. Um, yeah, girls gone gravel. I don't know if they actually do podcast recordings, but they do a lot of like social media work for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we bring our full podcasting setup. We bring our mics, like our nice, (laughs) like our nice, uh, exporting audio equipment and our computers and all that stuff with the table. Uh, so we have the full podcasting studio, like on the go pretty much, uh, with that. And then, you know, we set up our guests ahead of time, uh, just like a normal podcast. You know, we, Mm -hmm. um, when we were down at, when we were down at big sugar, um, I think we did six podcasts like back to back. So it was like, at oh, 45 gosh. minute, 45, 50 minute podcasts. And then we would get like a 10 minute break to eat a cliff bar and some water and then do the next one. Um, so it was, it was a gauntlet for Sophia and I, and, um, it's a ton <laughs> of work, but we also just love doing it, you know, and it's, it's the yeah. best possible time to just see yeah. all these athletes in one place. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other place that you could have you know, three hall of famers, two lime and pre people and a big fundraiser guy kind of person all in the same place where you can knock them all out. So we just have a blast doing it. And, 
Um, it's been, it's just been fun to engage with our fans. We were, we're like shocked how many people actually listen to it. And, you know, we give out stickers and t-shirts and stuff and just say, you know, thanks for listening. And mm-hmm. we just keep interviewing and sit at our table and just talk about gravel for, for six or seven hours <laughs> all back to back to back. So it's, it's, it's cool. But, um, yeah, I don't really know where we got the idea. Uh, Unbound last year was the first time we did it. Uh, and then we actually did do two podcasts at Gravel Worlds live in front of people um, during the craziness of Gravel Worlds week. And then we did six, I think, down at Big Sugar, six or seven, something like that. So, um, yeah, we had, we've had a blast doing it. It's great publicity to see all these people and all these athletes. And overall, it's just been fun. Like, that's why we started it. We wanted to have a podcast with without the drama and gravel <laughs> beef and all that stuff. We just, we just wanted to talk like what, why is gravel so special to you? You know? So yeah, uh, it's been, it's been really fun. That's why mine, like, it's just all things cycling and I've, I've interviewed. So anything I see cycling related, I'm like, wow, people want to know about that. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. what is that? <laughs> you know, like this new piece of, uh, you know, equipment or like uh, a new shop or uh, like events. Like, I'm just, you know, I, I think like being at, uh, Barry Roubaix was kind of the start, um, and meeting some people in the States, like Pamela Harper. I'm sure you know her, you know her. I don't know if I've met, I don't know if I've met her. She's got purple hair. I don't got... know if I've met her before. What oh is my she, gosh. Who does she ride for? Or... Well, look up her Facebook page. I love gravel. She started her own Facebook got page, it. her own group she she just retired and she's like crazy amazing um and uh so she has a um a gravel point series and it's for anybody like yourselves you could you could add your event to it she takes care of all of like my events on it and that's a canadian event and people get points for going to these events and uh, wherever they place. And, uh, and then at the end of the year, I don't know how she's going to do it, but she gives out prizes and stuff. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's not just pro writers. It's like anybody. No pro writers probably wouldn't do this. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I it's, love it. it's, it's for the average person who goes around to a lot of these gravel events and um, she's got like, she's from Michigan. And so there's a lot of events there. And she asked me if I would put on like, yeah, sure. Um, That's cool. That'd be kind of cool. if Somebody from the States came up to ride my event. Um, And, uh, but, uh, you know, she's a huge advocate as well. Um, I thought she went to gravel worlds. I don't know. She goes to so many events, like she totally could have. And if I've met her and she's listening to this, I am so sorry. I'm you would know if you've met her. Like the purple hair. I'm, I'm sure if I okay. saw her face, I would. Uh, I'm just. Anyway, I'm shout out to Pam. So bad. So bad with names. Such an advocate for for women's gravel um, and just gravel events, period, and and uh, bring making people feel comfortable. Um, and that's just what it's about, right? We don't want to exclude anybody. Um, and uh, so it's to our advantage to build up. Uh, the love for for cycling and getting younger and older people involved all the time absolutely oh yeah and i I mean that that was a huge proponent to why Corey added 
more distances to gravel worlds mm-hmm. and then also like when i came along and started doing more uh we added more events so like that the 50k race that that's 100 the reason we added it was so that more people could yeah. get involved you know like 75 75 on gravel is really hard like you know that's yeah. other short quote-unquote shorter distance you know and not there's very few people that can do 150 um and the good thing with our event is we we don't really sell out we the size of our town we don't really have a sellout limit so we're we're pretty much going to keep it open mm-hmm. uh, but because we do that there's no required uh distribution of distances so like the mm-hmm. the events that sell out in a weekend they say they tell everybody else how many people do the 200 how many people do the yeah. 100 whatever where our event since we keep it open, the market kind of decides. And last year was the first year that our shorter distances outweighed our main ones. The longer event. ones. So yeah. kind of we're kind of seeing this transition. Which That's I think where is all a good the women were, of, right? Because it means more the starters. People. Um the, there there were when like the distribution of women was pretty even across oh, the really? board. Um the 50k had the highest percentage, but yeah. I mean there really wasn't a huge difference between the 50k all the way up to the 300 so like mm-hmm. their women's yeah. distribution was pretty close to f- like 43 percent on on everything i think the 50k was the highest i think that had like 53 percent but like and then the 300 was like 35 percent, something like that but it was all pretty close to that 40 percent mark across the board um so yeah um but yeah, the, yeah just getting more people you're right getting more people to feel comfortable in gravel however that is like we're totally down with we're totally happy with having more people if you feel comfortable doing 30 miles instead of 150 like i'm i don't care like (laughs) i i correct people i correct all the people that all the time when they're like i'm only doing i'm like i'm only doing the 75 (laughs) yeah yeah stop it nope i will not allow that type of language like that's That's infinitely more than so many people will ever try you know Mm -hmm. you show you, you signed up, you, you came here and that's, that's all, all I can ask for you. So, yeah. so yeah, just more people, the better. That's all we want. Yeah, no, it's so amazing that, uh, there's, and there's more and more events popping up. I sh- I'm sure you're noticing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's longevity. I mean, you guys have been around for over 10 years. Uh, and, uh, it's always like, so see who lasts. <laughs> Yeah, Five year mark. It'll be interesting. Mark. Uh, it'll be in- that is a good uh point, and we are mm-hmm. we've already started seeing that. Um, especially here in the Midwest where gravel's been around for so long, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of great, like I said, my first gravel event is no longer there, and that was a really popular event, but there it's a lot of work. Um, yeah. I don't think a- as a race promoter, you know, but and then just other if you're not a race promoter, it's, it's hard to express how much you put in to that event, whether, whether it's 300 people or 3000, like you Mm -hmm. are putting in so much work. It's I, I, Corey always says this, that it's way harder to put on an event than do an event. Like it, as far as energy you put in. hundred percent. The checklist is ginormous as to when you start uh, start planning and getting the approvals and, uh, everybody on board and, you know, from the municipalities or the districts or the communities or whatever, wherever you're going through. 
the private properties, like, you know, that can really, really bum up like an event. Oh, for sure. It's, it's tough <laughs> on a promoter and it's, it's, uh, um, the, I, I always say that the biggest currency that you're going to have is passion and sacrifice. Those are the, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of times it doesn't matter how much or how little your money is coming into your event. Like you're going to have to have passion to offset <laughs> the sacrifices that you're, you're making. So, um, yeah, just with your event and whether you're a big event or a small event, just, just know that you're mm-hmm. creating it's all the same people you're making. Yeah. yeah. It's you're, you're doing a lot of the same work that I'm doing. And I just happen to be able to do this as my full-time job. Like I'm yeah very, very lucky. I know that, you know, yeah. so, um, very, I haven't very, ta- very, very fortunate. Yeah. I haven't talked to anybody who said that this was their full-time gig. Everybody has like the the job and then they do this and but i've also seen a lot of event organizers um buy other events like somebody is wanting to retire and so they then take over a yet another event you know and i so i see i'm seeing that as well so people are are like okay i'm kind of done with this been like x number of years do you want to take it over or buy it from me i don't know how that purchase would work but um but yeah i've seen that too so people are just taking on more events and running them yeah we're we try to do the best we can to support those other races so like mm-hmm. in we've we've had a couple races reach out to us about you know like do you want to take over kind of thing and our response <laughs> like, is, is like well how how can we help you is, is honestly right. what we how we how we do it. So like, like I said, we go and our team takes our full team and goes and volunteers at other events. Cause it's really important for us that, you know, the, the 200, 100, 400 people events stick around because not every, very few people's first event is going to be gravel world, right? A, a 3000 mm-hmm. person event. Very few people yeah. are going to it's naturally intimidating to line up with a thousand people per distance, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's scary to be around a thousand other cyclists. So if you can catch the bug at a local event of 150 people, then, Mm. then you're coming to gravel worlds, right? You've caught the bug. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really important for us for those small events. And I talk to race promoters all the time, like, don't, don't feel like you have to grow it if you don't want to, too. Like that's also really important for us. Um, I feel like there's this, this like, need to have these men- big, big, well, I, I know it's like, I said, this is my, my vision, but it, I know it's going to take me a number of years to get there. Um, yep. and you know, just because of the, how much time you have to put into growing it, right? Like, you know, you're the social media coordinator. It takes a lot of touches to get somebody to your event. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a lot of work. And so, um, I, I, there's just been a lot of promoters that I've, I've talked with that, you know, they, they burn themselves out because they feel like they have to grow a hundred people a year. And then, you know, if they stay the same number, then they get discouraged or feel like they're failing. And that's, that's not at all the case. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, that it's, if you go to events, like volunteer, like go to an event and volunteer. Like every event we go to, we volunteer. Every event we don't 
participate in, we still try to go and volunteer where we can. So, mm-hmm. um, help out those promoters, um, pay them what they're worth. You know, it's, I, I feel that's another thing that promoters, um, kind of don't value their, their own time or their own, uh, their own sacrifices that they're making. So, um, just, just value yourself and know that you're doing good things and just keep working hard and use that passion to keep moving forward where you can. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> don't want to burn out. <laughs> the don't last burn thing. out. Don't burn out. But yeah, yeah it's so- okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where I am. It's like finding the right people to build the team. Cause I know that in order for it to be sustainable and long term and yeah, it's, it's approaching the right people. Or maybe I should just start yeah. approaching people, period. <laughs> like, yeah. would you want to be on my team? Would you want to help me? <laughs> I, 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 I would, I would definitely, you know, we're, we've gotten to a size where we're fortunate that people ask to help all the time and it's like hard to keep it focused, but you know, like there was definitely a time when before I came along for sure. And like, it was just Corey and Craig that were putting on the event, like Corey mentioned it at the very beginning. Like there, there were so many people that helped like so many people that have helped with gravel worlds in some way. Um, whether that's helping design a t-shirt or, uh, volunteering at check-in or whatever. I mean, there's been hundreds, if not at this point, thousands of individual volunteers that have helped Mm -hmm. with our event. I'm I'm sure it's over a thousand at this point of individuals who have helped in some way with mm-hmm. gravel worlds over the last 14 years and then mm-hmm. with other local cycling events. So it we're we're very fortunate for our community, but yeah, always it's always okay to ask for help. The worst is they're gonna say I can't help. That's the worst that's gonna <laughs> happen. So um, yep. so yeah, I would keep keep volunteering if you're listening, volunteer for events, help those out when you can and just keep keep putting the good energy out there because yeah that's it'll right we don't around. want these gravel <laughs> events to start disappearing they all like flood the market and then like disappear you're like oh my god where'd they all go but no i think yeah. that this has been great chat jason i really appreciate it and i hope our listeners appreciate it because sometimes you just don't get to get deep into conversation with event organizers because we just attend the events and we don't know the magnitude of what goes behind goes on behind the scenes to make it a good event for you so you know i hope everybody appreciates that and like jason says if you have the opportunity and the time volunteering is always uh needed (laughs) always need volunteers if you're a big event like yours um and uh yeah Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, I will will look you up. I have uh, my list of people to find at Unbound. <laughs> <laughs> got the list. Got the list of people. Well, I know, well, I, I, as of right now, as of right now, our podcast will be, uh, we're going to be recording in the Lauf cycling booth. So the okay. Lauf bikes, um, they're going to, that's going to be our kind of home base during the expo. So that's, that's the goal right now is we'll be there. If we're not there, we'll be in the, uh, outs around the bike shop, the gravel city adventure bike shop. So we haven't don't know yet, but I think right now we'll be in the, the Lauf booth, unless it's a hundred degrees and our equipment's melting, then we can't do that. So <laughs> we'll see. 
<laughs> well, I expect to, uh, if my travel plans uh, are as good as I think they are, I will be there on Wednesday to Perfect. Hang. You got to come to the uh, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame induction ceremonies Wednesday night. Oh. We're kind of the, and then and then after party we'll have a free after party so you got to come to that at the bike shop so it's a, after it's a week party before be i race i don't know oh, if that's yeah. good karma well i just i can have oh, one beer. Well, hey i think we'll i'll have i think we'll have na beer there too so and you beer. can you can <laughs> you can drink as many non-alcoholic beers as you want so it's yeah, just I like suppose. hoppy water <laughs> that's right and you stay hydrated right <laughs> That's right. That's exactly. Oh, okay, so that'll be my my goal to make it there when Wednesday by Wednesday night, and then chill, and then the race starts on Friday, and uh, and so it rolls. That's right. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you leave Friday night, Friday afternoon, don't you, on the mm -hmm. XL? Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good time. It's a, a very fun adventure. Pack plenty of water, have plenty of ways to carry water, and you should you should be fine. Just slow and steady, slow and steady. Well, so here, do you know if they're changing the route? Yeah, the I route. Heard... I'm. I would assume so. I events like theirs and ours, I like we change the routes every year. Oh, um, but they're usually you can kind of get a good idea. So like our we have a new route for every single distance every year. So our 300s completely different every year Our 150s every different every year. So I, I would and as far as I know, I'm very confident that unbounds different every year as well. So I would assume that it's somewhat different there. There's obviously going to be the highlights that they keep on there that are always mm -hmm. like classics that they keep on the routes, but for it will probably be different than previous years, but you can kind of get a good idea. If you look at the old courses, like you, yeah, can I like, downloaded right, well, last year's probably going to be yeah 60 to 80 miles between water stops, whatever. I think, mm -hmm. I think theirs is around there, like 80 miles maybe between stops, but so yeah, get a good idea from old ones and then they should be, I think they announced theirs about a month in advance for the, for the XL. So you should have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> good time to practice where I'm going to, <laughs> where I'm going to eat. Oh, stop. that's a huge, what? yeah. The routes, the routes are always my biggest fear with, yes. as a promoter, it's like messing those up. I like, I have so much anxiety, like sending the email out all of all and then of somebody so, got some keener who's like i don't know this doesn't make sense <laughs> you're like yeah and then but there, we always there there were a couple people on the xl that i think i sent it out on a thursday i i'm 100 percent sure last year i sent it out on a thursday and i got like three replies that was like well it looks like i'm not working tomorrow on friday like because it's like all i'm going to be doing is studying the route all day friday that i sent it out so it's uh it's I know. pretty cool that uh, the people just like waste the whole day at work, just staring at every turn that you put together on Ride with GPS. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that that that's probably my my primary thing. Obviously, is not getting lost, and then the other one is my my lights and yeah, uh, lights. Yeah, lights would be tough in navigation. What do you use for navigation? Well, I have my Garmin. Okay. So you should be, should be good. 
um, the XL, your AB push. As long as it doesn't like run do out like of a, juice. <laughs> yeah, you should be, you should be good. I know the, the, the new Garmin, I know it's expensive, but that 1040 solar, it's insane. Like that you will have no problem with battery life. If you have the, the new 1040 solar, that battery life is ridiculous, but um, usually Garmin's battery life is pretty good to survive the 300, but just carry a little battery pack. Oh, definitely going to have that for sure. Pack for with you phone for that should be good lights. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm almost not worried. I, I can't say that I'm not worried. I am starting <laughs> to prepare now. <laughs> not mentally, you, but like grabbing all my stuff and buying things and things. Yeah. The biggest thing is, is do a night century before you do it that's a, a yes yeah, so i'm gonna do that add. too morning day and night just like testing myself testing my gear uh things like that i have fallen asleep yeah. on my bike before like when i used to adventure race so i know exactly yeah. like i think it's time for a nap <laughs> There we uh, we right interviewed over. this guy on the we interviewed a a local guy on the podcast that he he rides insane numbers I think he rode like twenty four thousand miles last year like Whoa. just that yeah it's he averages like a hundred k a day every day without missing it's quite silly uh but he <laughs> he did a. 550 mile race where normally people take like That's a week can, to do it. He, Cannondale the Cannonball. Can, cannonball. Cannonball. Yep. So he did the Cannonball without stopping. And he said he did that where he just like, what like came to came conscious and he was just like standing in the middle of the road. No idea how long he had been there. Just he, it was like the second night. So he rode Rode, oh my gosh. Like all night, rode all next day, and then all through the next night without stopping, without sleeping. And yeah, he just like randomly woke up con or became conscious, cognizant in the middle of the road. And he's like, I have no idea how long I've been here, no idea which direction I need to go now. But he's like, I guess I fell asleep just in here. That's that's the level that you ultra people. I I don't think I could do. I I love that's my sleep crazy. so much. I can't do it. So I don't know how you guys, the falling asleep on a bike or whatever. It sounds so crazy. I, every time I hear people down, that tell me like, that. You just hope Wait, you're in you a nice grassy like, pasture, right? <laughs> have you had uh, visions and stuff like hallucinations I've, that I hear quite a bit too on the ultra ultra stuff. So like, yeah, I, I can't saw this remember that was running, but I, yeah, that I could remember. And I remember like going over my handlebars. So you're just like a rag doll. You're just like, Ooh. oh, so you, you, ah. oh man. Oh, that's crazy. No, this was another time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just sort of like, I don't know. We're just going through, we're coming to, we're coming to the finish. This is in Newfoundland, I think. And it was a six day race. And we're just coming to, we're just going over this like bumpy sections. And I just like hit, my wheel i just went oh, i'm just no. like but got back on my bike where's the damn finish oh, gonna, line that'll hurt tomorrow <laughs> oh geez like anyways so i i just go back to those memories where you know we're just trekking through the night and i feel like i'm gonna die because i'm on some cliff and you know it's just, and and things like that and cycling and paddling like paddling 
but oh my gosh so you're in the middle and like water paddling right yeah like usually oh we're goodness. usually in like canoes so we're two so it's like <laughs> so i'm usually in the front oh my goodness you all are crazy <laughs> sweet so it's just i've i'm gonna take a nap <laughs> or just like that is so uh, great yeah when you when you start needing sleep in an event that's that's like my cutoff i'm like i'm 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 out guys like yeah i know ditch naps are a thing but they say oh, they're incredible to just have a ditch night and but i have heard like the only reason i've been tempted to try one is like every ultra cyclist we've had on the podcast they always talk about that sunrise coming up the next day Yeah. of like, you've, you're, you've ridden all night. You're so tired. And they're like, every single one of them talk about the sunrise coming up the next day. And it's just like magical. Like it's yeah. a feeling that they've never had. Like, it's like this feeling of hope of like a whole new day. You have a whole day. You survive the night. It's like you instantly just like, for up. that. Yeah, just for that like sunrise feeling, that's the only reason I do it. And then I'm like, oh wait, but I would be <laughs> oh, I got another for day six weeks. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, nah, I'm good. I'm good right now, yeah. at least. We'll see if I get crazier as I get older. But <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. You got lots of time. But uh right. <laughs> I think, you know, this has been awesome. And obviously I'm always like this. I could talk, chat, chat, but I'm sure my list our listeners are like okay um we should take it offline but so um here's everybody we have all their social media links that are going to be low below they're like jason says and corey says the registration is still open and it's open right up to the day so if now is like i mean now is the time people are looking at filling their their event calendar whether you're not everybody's out to race but a lot of people are out to experience a great event and this is, and myself included, um, out for the event, out to experience what's out there. And it sounds like Gravel World is got it going on the full weekend, the the festival type. Um, if you're in uh, not Kansas, in your if you're Nebraska, make your way over there, um, sign up. And if you're going to be at Unbound, you better go find me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be somewhere um, amongst the 4,000 people. Um, and yeah, so continue listening, everybody. Thanks a lot, Jason. I really appreciate it. And want to just shout out to all of our amazing uh, listeners who catch the podcast every week. Um, don't forget to share this one and uh, share their events. So thanks a lot, everybody. Take care. All right, guys gals what did you think about that like i just finished chatting another hour with <laughs> i just i just think that they like i know i we just get into conversations such deep conversations after we finish this podcast because i know like whether you'd like to hear all of that <laughs> i don't know but um as an event organizer myself it is super intriguing to me um, how some people run their events. And, um, and I just love, uh, you know, soaking in all the information. And I'm super excited about seeing them at Unbound and really talking face to face and hopefully being on their podcasts uh, myself. So 
I hope you enjoyed that and uh, go and um, check out Gravel Worlds, especially you ladies. Let's get 2,000 women out to their event this year. All right, take care and have an amazing week. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.